Don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the lies for too long. Those days are done. Crossed the line with my playing career. Those are the words from Brandon Cooks, who didn't get traded before the trade deadline. Y'all know what we're here to talk about today. No need to wait. Cody, start the show. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Texans is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman. This is Cody Davis. And <laughs> I, like, there is no way you watch this show each and every day, three times a week, twice a week, four times a week. Like, there's no way you don't watch this show. There's no way you don't cover, follow the Houston Texans, and know we're not going to open it up with Brandon Cooks not getting traded before the trade deadline. And I think that before we talk about it not happening, I do want to let you guys know that the Cowboys and the Houston Texans discuss a potential trade involving wide receiver Brandon Cooks mm. until the final minutes before the NFL trade deadline expired. Draft pick compensation and the $18 million guaranteed salary for Brandon Cooks in 2023 could not be resolved in time. And I want to let you guys know that the Dallas Cowboys have a second round pick. It would have been 60th and a third round pick, which would have been the 91st pick in the NFL draft. So that fell through uh, with Brandon Cooks in Dallas. That was a team that I thought was really more of the the, the 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 landing spot for Brandon Cooks. I think they're in Super Bowl contender mode right now. Got Dak back. That offense is rolling, and they want to get a uh, a real another weapon to go along with C.D. Lamb. And I thought that Brandon Cooks and Dallas would have been perfect for one another. But Ooh. overall, I think the biggest issue was the contract extension. That was signed earlier earlier this year, I think in April, I want to say. And Lovey Smith said he talked to Brandon whenever you guys spoke to him. Um, Cody, he said, when I say a guy is excused for personal reasons, I never talk about personal reasons. And if the Texans receive offers for Cooks, if we did, we're not going to talk about it. There we have it. Brandon Cooks is still a Houston Texan as of right now. Did miss practice for personal reasons, as I just mentioned. But, Cody, I'm going to let you take it because once I get it, I probably ain't going to stop. Oh, by the way, we are joined by Brandon K. Scott today, so I forgot <laughs> to mention that. Look, once again, John, this situation of Brandon Cooks, man, is just another reminder that what, – what, what did you call the show yesterday? The what, what was the title? of Optics. That is where I want to go to because it's another example of the disappointment that 
is going around this franchise. The fact that we all came into the season, basically ever since the hiring of Lovey Smith, um, the 2022 draft class come in, you know, you elevate Pep Hamilton. You know, when you take a look at the promise that was going on with this organization from February to up until the start of the season, everyone believed that the franchise would head in towards a a sense of stability we all thought that the circus that surrounded this organization over the last two years was over however behind closed doors the circus was still going on and it also doesn't help that this is an organization that is sitting here with a one five and one record which let's be real it's probably going to be one six and one record at the end of thursday night i say all that just to say that is part of the reason why brandon cooks is so frustrated and now wants out of the city of houston because you know, when he signed that contract extension, he did so in good faith, believing that this was an organization. Yes, it was still going to be early in the rebuild, but given the fact that there was a sense of stability, given the fact that there was a sense of hope, given the fact that this was an organization that would have competed a hell of a lot more better than they did last year, that is part of the reason why he decided to come back and rejoin this organization. And it's kind of ironic now that you're looking at this situation and... By the way, the former franchise quarterback for the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> shared his support of Brandon Cooks. And it once again showcased that this is a franchise that is just in turmoil. That's what it is. And, you know, you can sit here and I, I, I see people say on Twitter, you know, whether or not he should have signed the contract extension or not. We could debate that all day. We could debate everything about this organization, but at the end of the day, it is very sad to see that here we are, what, year two going into year three of the rebuild, and it seems like that at the end of the day, this is an organization who has not took any steps with their rebuild. By the way, I spoke to a source, I asked them, how frustrated and disappointed is Brandon Cooks due to the fact that he did not get moved at the trade deadline, and they say he is very upset. I say all that just to say, John, I would not be surprised if we have seen the end of Brandon Cooks. I'm just counting down the days to where we see, you know, Brandon Cooks is out for the rest of the season due to a questionable injury. You know, as of right now, they got him listed on the injury report as questionable for Thursday's game due to personal risk injury. So maybe it's going to be the risk injury that keeps him out for the remainder of the season. But, John, you know. I just go back to how promising things were at the beginning of the year because not only Brandon Cooks, Laramie Tunsil came back and brought in as well, and everything just fell apart as soon as the 2022 campaign got started. Definitely want to uh, say rest in peace, take off before yeah, I go. Man. Oh, man. Um, I got a few things I want to address with this Brandon Cooks situation. Number one, covered for lies. So when you read that tweet and, and he's been going through and liking everybody, like I think he was anticipating getting traded, liking these tweets uh, with the cryptic tweets and everything. Don't take a man's kindness for weakness for granted. Excuse me. I covered for lies for too long. Those days are done. Cross the line with my playing career. Now look at the, I look at the covered for lies for too long. And that's why I'm going to challenge everybody that is well he and, and cody including you right now if you are willingly covering for lies according to brandon cooks and this tweet was sent 
49 seconds after the trade deadline ended. If you are willingly covering for lies, then how can you expect an organization to act in good faith for you? How? Uh, 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 then in April, you signed the deal. After you mentioned you didn't want to be traded again, you covered for lies, but then you signed the deal. And it's a very, listen, $18 million was, I think, the biggest problem with this deal, why it didn't go through. Oh, yeah, Nobody is going to take care of $18 million in 2023 for a player that currently has 354 yards and one touchdown and has been underperform underperforming through the course of the first six and seven weeks in the NFL, eight, eight weeks in the NFL. So when I look at Brandon Cooks, he has nobody to blame but himself. Mm, nope. Not really. He's been, here, he's been here three seasons. Now, regardless of how we feel about Deshaun Watson's actions off the field, there was real reports, and Cody, I think we both heard him, that there was promises made to Deshaun Watson. Okay, he was he was in town for that. All right, well, Deshaun doesn't play for a full year. You are the quote-unquote leader of this franchise. And by the way, I want to make it clear that I think everybody can finally agree that Laramie Tunsil was by far, is by far the best asset for this team and the best player. But back to Brandon Cooks, you decided to stay after seeing what just happened, whatever transpired behind closed doors with this franchise and that franchise quarterback. Okay, you stay. Play well for a season under David Cully. You say all the right things, endorsing the head coach, endorsing your third-round quarterback, even when he's not playing good. Like you are endorsing a lot of the mediocre or beyond mediocre actions for this franchise. And how do they reward you? Well, they need for you to cover up lies. That's number one, according to your tweet. And then they reward you with an $18 million contract. You had an opportunity at the time knowing what you knew. Apparently, you knew a lot when you mentioned covering for lies. You knew what was going on in this organization. And I find it funny that a lot of this is coming out now that Jack Easterby is gone. So we really can understand how much of a handprint this man had on these contracts getting signed and these players that was in Houston getting overpaid. But you stay through all of that. And now all of a sudden you are expecting this franchise to act on good faith with you after you are knowingly and willingly covering up some of these lies according to you and you're underperforming. Listen, my whole thing with Brandon Cooks getting traded the entire time, ladies and gentlemen, was for Houston to do right for Houston. Get whatever you can back in return because it is clear he shouldn't be on this roster anymore. Of course, you want to Brandon Cooks up somewhere where he can compete and be with a contender, hence Dallas Cowboys. But Houston needed to get something back in return. People have mixed feelings about whether or not Nick Serial did the right thing. That is for everybody else to decide. But on my behalf, I'm looking at it like this. Brandon Cooks, you knew what was going on in Houston, and you decided to stay. You knew that this foundation was terrible, and you decided to buy that house. Who can you blame but yourself? That's my two cents on that. Hey, Locked On Texan listeners, if you thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you might want to listen up to this. Right now, our listeners can get the can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. Wow, 50% off. 
This is the biggest offer of the year. You don't want to miss out on this. I don't want to miss out on it. I'm about to go ahead and get this hooked up for my grandma's house. Listen, Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for a third year in a row. Three years in a row, three peak, like the early 2000 Lakers. That's something you want to trust. In any emergency, the 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protection technology exclusively for Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you can prioritize the pro- police response. Excuse me. Simply Safe is home security with the advanced sensors of every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside. Smarter ways to detect motion that will alert you only when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home as well. So don't miss this chance to say big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash uh, locked on Texans today. Again, this is their biggest discount of the year. You don't want to miss out and wait on it. Go to simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. I know we started off the show talking Brandon K. What Brandon Brandon Cooks, excuse me, <laughs> came in hot, and then I slid in that Brandon K. Scott was joining us. But because the game is on Thursday, we're switching it up a little bit. Brandon K. Scott is joining us today on Wednesday, and of course, K. Scott, we got to talk about B. Cooks. Y'all share the same name. And I wish y'all said the same salary. Maybe you would have looked out, looked out for us a couple of times. <laughs> but Brandon, Brandon Cooks is not happy. We all read the tweets, covered for the lies. He expected to be traded. And I think that behind closed doors, there was somewhat of an agreement placed between the parties that we're going to get you up out of here. Didn't happen. $18 million due next year. Decline in play. Are you really surprised that Brandon Cooks is still a Houston Texan? Well, I'm I'm not surprised that he's still a Houston Texan based off of the whole salary situation and the fact that you need two parties for a trade. It's not like it's not like just because Brandon Cooks wants a trade or just because the Texans want to trade him that a trade, a feasible trade is out there. So so that part of it doesn't necessarily surprise me. All the other stuff, though, is what surprises me, how this thing is unfolding, how it's playing out like. I could have seen a scenario, obviously, since we're talking about it, where Brandon Cooks gets traded at some point. Um, that I don't think would have surprised us. But I think if you had asked any of us a week ago, two weeks, maybe two weeks ago, certainly, it, like if, if Brandon Cooks is not going to be on this team in the near future, do you think it'll be an amicable split? Do you think that they will part part ways peacefully? The way they have with some others, quite honestly, recently. Uh, others who you even knew that there was some – some acrimony or some type of some type of beef there. And I, I never saw that coming, especially based off of the fact that Brandon Cooks has been one of the more uh, front-facing guys of the franchise the last three seasons, a uh, leader guy, culture guy. Uh, that was part of, like, that was a, a, supposed to be a part of the appeal with Brandon Cooks on top of being a pretty good football player. Like, he's one of the few guys that fit both characteristics of <laughs> culture guy, locker room guy, and can put them on the football field and expect production, you know. Um, and so that 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 part of it is surprising to me. What the reasons might be are confusing to me. Like you t- take the 
tweet, for example, the one about covering up lies. What's he talking about? Like what 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 lies is it covered up other than to go out there and make this crap product sound like it's something worth watching and worth following? I, mean, I think he's been tasked with like again being one of the more front facing folks of the rebuild. You know, so like, is he talking about that? Because that's just part of the job, you know, just kind of putting on a good face. So I'd, I'd, I'd love to know what the beef really is. Like, I've, I've found it hard to believe ever since Jack Easterby was fired and we heard from Brandon Cooks for the first time after that. I still still found it hard to believe that Jack's departure could negatively affect him to this to this degree. Like, sure, he likes Jack, has a relationship with Jack and all of that. And maybe he hates to see him go. But to this degree, to where like now all of a sudden you want to you don't want anything to do with the loser like to me there's just got to be more to it that we're not that we don't know about or don't fully understand uh more to the story of why he's so disgruntled but as far as i'm still being here yeah no i get based off of the production like you mentioned john based off of the production why a team wouldn't want to pay 18 million dollars to brandon cooks next year hmm. b scott um we're going to talk more about how bad the Texans played on Sunday and what's going to happen on Thursday a little bit later on in the show. But I do want to ask your opinion on this. How disappointing is it to see that the Texans are still in the same situation of not moving forward in the rebuilding prospect? I mean, we're sitting here talking about Brandon Cooks. A lot of people are sitting here wondering, you know, why did he sign the contract? Um, you was there every single day like me, like like John, like the rest of our colleagues, that the day that they hired Lovey Smith, the day that they promoted Pep Hamilton, you had a good um, draft class. It seemed like that this organization was moving in the right direction. And here we are, November 1st, um, they're 1-5-1, probably 1-6-1 by the end of Thursday. And it seems like that this organization has actually taken a step back in comparison to where they were last year with everything that was going on in 2021. Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, it's super disappointing, and especially since not that long ago, even in the midst of the losing this year, I felt like progress was being made just for the simple fact that you had young talent out there that was getting experience. And to me, experience is the best way to develop them. Now, you need to help them out with schemes that fit their skill sets and you know mm. you as a coaching staff need to overall look competent yourself but simply playing is you know a huge part the main part of the development so you know i'm out there watching these rookies like jalen petrie and Derek stingley get you know trial by fire i'm out there watching uh Kenyon green same thing uh damian pierce emerging as their best offensive player as a rookie so like these things made me feel good about where they were headed um, and they even had a couple of undrafted guys that they felt like could be contributors to their team between Kurt Heinish and, and, and the fullback Troy Harrison. So like I'm like, OK, yeah, that, that, this is this is good. This is objectively good because you could not say these things about but so many guys last year. We were grasping at straws about who is the young core, or the young crop of talent that they got. They just didn't have it. So to me, it was like, OK, that's progress. That feels like they're going in the right direction. And I think if you wanted to hold the optimistic view, the most optimistic view, you could still look at that and say that. But the most disappointing part about it, Cody, to your question for me, and I was talking about this with somebody earlier in the week, it's like, man, the th and the thing that I didn't see coming and is most surprising about it, and therefore the most disappointing, is that they look they look so poorly coached. It looks like a worse coach team than last year. Hmm. At, at times, at times. Not, not all the time, but at times. And, and no other time greater than Sunday. 
against the uh, against the Titans. I don't think there was any time greater that that you felt that way. Might have been the, the the most pronounced time that I felt that way. So that's the most disappointing part about it because the expectation, at least, even though I know we've talked on this podcast before about not being big fans of the Lovey Smith defensive philosophy and scheme, but I did think that just at least the credibility and experience there would be an upgrade from David Cully. And I thought thought that Pep Hamilton as, a, as an offensive coordinator and play caller would be an upgrade from Tim Kelly. I did not think that by November 1st, that five, six, seven weeks into the season, we would be having a conversation even about is, is was Tim Kelly a better play caller, a better offensive coordinator? And people can have their opinions on it, but it's a, it's a debate, you know? And to, to, for that to even be a debate at this point uh, is to me disappointing and, and surprising. Can't wait to continue our conversation surrounding the chaotic Houston Texans with the headliner Brandon Cooks wanting to get up out of here. They got a game on Thursday, and if you believe some overs and unders may make you some extra cash, well, you may want to do that with prizepicks.com. Listen, super easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So not only is it easy to bet on, it's easy to get on your phone. Just download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. Promo code locked on. Promo code locked on. That will help you get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with prizepigs.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions. Big game recaps, take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, just wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And on tomorrow, there's a big national televised game. The Houston Texans will be squaring off against the 7-0 um, Philadelphia Eagles, who is looking like <laughs> the, I'm, I'm going to say the second best team in the NFL, I honestly do believe that the first is the um, Buffalo Bills as of right now. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of jokes about whether or not people is going to be watching this game because uh, what is it? Game four, game five is going to be held on Thursday. Um, five. Yeah, five. Game five, which could be a championship clincher for the Houston Astros, hopefully. Um, but with all that being said, Brandon, before we get into yesterday's game, we have to revisit what took place on Sunday and we sat here before we jumped on this podcast we was debating whether or not Sunday's game was the saddest moment in franchise history I'm not going to say it's the saddest but I would say it was definitely top three because that was probably the worst game that I've ever seen not just for the Houston Texans but but in the NFL in general really yeah just that so game was, was bad John hey no John here here's the last time I'll tell you this there was booing in the it first was, quarter it was the last time I felt that way watching a football game in terms of because like you've maybe you've maybe seen worse games, you've maybe seen lower moments. 
I mean, we've watched a lot of football over the course of 30 some odd years, whatever it's been. But here's here's the last time I felt that way. It hadn't been that long ago. OK, but I was, I was talk, talking about this with my boss who also worked in Denver, uh, who was working in Denver when this happened. The last time I felt that way watching a football game, like, man, this is hopeless. I cannot believe this is NFL football. Do y'all remember during the COVID year when Kendall Hinton, the then practice squad wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, had to start for the Broncos because all of their quarterbacks either had either had COVID or had been caught up in the contact tracing thing? I remember that. <laughs> and, they, and, and, and remember, no, but not just was it Kendall. It was Kendall Hinton on one end as the quarterback for the Broncos. And do y'all remember who the Saints quarterback was that game? It was one Taysom Hill. Mm -hmm. It was because they were they were still they were still doing the maybe Taysom Hill is a quarterback thing. They were still doing that. Yeah, so Drew Brees was hurt. Right. So Taysom Hill started on one end, and Kendall Hinton started on the other end, and it was one of the worst football games I've ever watched. <laughs> like in, in NFL, I mean NFL, obviously, like not counting lower level. It was one of the worst NFL games I've ever watched in my life, and and the feeling was. You know, okay, you can explain why this is happening. Obviously, they're in a jacked up. The, the Broncos didn't even feel like they should have had to play the game. And the Saints were doing some weird experiment at quarterback because they knew they needed to figure out that situation. Drew Brees is on his way out. Like, you could understand and justify how that game came to be, and it was just kind of a spectacle. What the hell was this about? Why? Like, what, what was this about? You know what I mean? Like, D Davis Mills, Davis Mills, I didn't think was like, necessarily the problem but the problem with davis mills is that he was so clearly and obviously not a part of the solution you know and i think that's where we are with davis mills that's maybe the the best way to characterize him or maybe the best thing that you can say about him is that even when he's not part of the problem he's not he's he never seems like he's the solution um and, and on the other end you got malik willis in his first career start struggling and not even struggling because they did their best to protect him, barely let him throw the ball and just handed it off to, to Derrick Henry. Every time they threw the ball, it felt like they were bailing the Texans out, honestly. Yeah, so, true. so Including the interception. Right, including <laughs> the interception. So, yeah, man, just from a, from a watchability standpoint, from a quality of the product standpoint, this was a low moment. Was it the worst? I don't know, but is it in the conversation? Like before the show, John, you start throwing out a bunch of different examples. Was it worse than this? Was it worse than that? Was it worse than this? It's right there. Like I said, it's, like it's it's comparable. It's in that conversation. It'll be it'll be like a part of the if anybody ever does a ranking of the worst moments in franchise history or some of the more embarrassing, maybe that's the better word. Just the embarrassment of when you're in the NFL to be able to just run on a team in, in, in the modern NFL, to be able to say, you know what, Doesn't, our, our quarterback can't throw, can't, can't, isn't able to read NFL defenses yet. Doesn't matter. We're just gonna run the ball. And that's twice now it feels like that that's happened to them this year. Uh, I know Justin Fields has come along in recent weeks. He looks a lot better than he did when the Texans played him. Yes, but, at, he has. but at that time, at that time he was awful. He was still awful um, and he like he had not figured it out yet. And that was evidenced by what their game plan and their strategy was. It was like, well, let's just let's just run the ball. Let, let's use Khalil Herbert and treat him like Gail Sayers because because the, the damn Texans are going to make him look like Gail Sayers or, or Barry Sanders or somebody like 
their top running back went down in that Bears game, David Montgomery, early in the game. And Khalil Herbert promptly went on and had like a record, a career game against him. Who, by the way, is I think six in the league in rushing right now. He's technically a backup. So shout yeah, out to the te- Texas defense. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Texas defense for that. And, and so if Khalil Herbert could do that, if Josh Jacobs could do it in the week prior, what what did we think Derrick Henry was going to do? And then for him to actually go out there and do it. Like, I think we all were kind of anticipating, like, ooh, this could be an ugly day for the run defense for the Texas. They can't, they can't, uh, they can't stop anything. And here come Derrick Henry. And then sure enough, like, got it run down their throat. And then on the other end, offensively, they couldn't do anything. You couldn't muster up anything. Like, think about it. The first couple of drives, the, the beginning of the game, you get a turnover on downs, you get somebody to fumble a punt, and you get an interception that sets you up in the red zone. How many points they came away with? They came away, and, and, and finally at the end of that, that interception is when I think they got finally got the field mm-hmm. off the interception. Three That's points. Right. That's right. But, but that's not still not good enough, though. This is my point. Three, zero, like what are we talking about? And then that was all. That was all until the end. It's like, come on, man. I do want to say in 2016, I don't know if y'all remember who the quarterback was that year. Uh, that was Brock Osweiler. And oh, yeah. uh, against the Broncos, it was a 27-9 to 9 L. He averaged 3.2 yards per pass on 41 attempts. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Against the Patriots that year, 4.1, 4.8 yards per pass. One uh, interception off 41 attempts. I think Houston has seen some terrible quarterback play. Now, that's, that's just Brock Oswald, not including Brian Hoyer, who, again, the playoff game was uh, – that may be the most stinkiest game. I don't know. After you want it. I mean, but when you, when you take a look at Sunday's game, if not for the final drive that was in garbage time when they picked up 90 yards, they had a total of 71 yards. 71. Good. But you know, Davis Mills would have finished the game with a total of 63 passing yards. But you That's know what? Good. I think that I think this is one of those where you can present statistics for different games and different scenarios and say, hey, what about this? John, you tell me what you think. I, I feel like, honestly, you too, Cody, like with this. This feels like one of those where you had to really be watching the game to understand why somebody thinks that. Because it's not like you can go to the stat sheet and readily, like maybe if you want to use some type of some of the analytics, advanced numbers on pass blocking and run blocking and and, and pass rushing and run defense and stuff like that. But like you have to just watch the game to fully appreciate or have seen the game or been at the game to fully appreciate how much they were dominated up front on both sides because that's what the story that's in it that's what the story really was it wasn't just the stats and just the outcome but it was the pure domination from one man to the next on each side of the line offensive line versus defensive line uh, texans offensive line versus titans defensive line titans offensive line versus texans defensive line that might be what the case actually is and what the argument actually is and something I agree that, you with can't, that. that you can't use statistics to point out is to say, hey, go back. And, and who wants to do this? But go back and watch all the games that you can and see if you can ever point to a, to a game where they were dominated to this degree on both sides of the ball. That's where the case might be. 
That was a tough game to watch, I will say that. I do want to move on really quick before we get out of here. Philly is on Thursday. Jalen Hurts is coming home. Man, how significant is that? Oh, super significant, man. No, no, I don't feel like there's anybody in the NFL right now. And all the guys that you got this from Houston, I don't feel like there's anybody right now that puts on for Houston like Jalen Hurts does. Mm. So uh, so I've always admired and appreciate that about him. I've, I've always admired and appreciated Jalen Hurts' get down and presentation and just what he seems to be about have always respected it. Now, I always had to be honest and truthful about what my evaluation was of him at the time. And I thought there were times, like, especially based off of, you know, how he kind of, what his style of play was in college. I just did not see it necessarily translated into starting. And I like, I, I could not be more, I always say I'm fine to be wrong about things, and especially if it means a good thing for another person. Like, I'm just not a hater like that. But that's not, that's not true from anybody more so than Jalen Hurts. Somebody who I feel like deserves it and has earned it and has put the work in and has shut up, shut up all the doubters, including myself. You know, like I, I am on hush mouth on Jalen Hurts. I told you, Cody, I think you asked the question a couple of years ago, like Jalen Hurts or Tua. And I was like, you can have both of them. Well, luckily, sir, go to start over. That. And but and both of them to their to their credit, but Jalen Hurts even more so are proving me wrong. Good for them, man. And, and to, to the point with Jalen Hurts, like, man. Like, I remember watching that. It was the playoff game his rookie year, maybe last year. Either way, this is a, the last the, the, the last, it was the last game of the season. It's like, man, I don't know about that. And, like, he's legitimately improved as a passer, like, as a, as a, as a pocket passer. Always had the improvisation uh, thing going for him, the athleticism and the strength. But, Man, he has just really improved as a passer and is better than I could have ever imagined him being or or at least predicted him being. So I think that that's significant. It's one of the cool and few cool storylines as part of this this game, honestly, with the Texans and Eagles, because it's going to be a I mean, it's going to be a thrashing. I'm talking about yeah. a mud stomping. They're going to take these guys behind the woodshed like it's going to be <laughs> awful. But but if there is a, a positive thing to look at it from a Houston standpoint, I know we care primarily about the hometown team, but at the very least, all of Houston won't be poorly represented. Jalen Hurst is going to go out there mm. and represent properly for the town, for the city. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Tell them about the B-Block podcast and be sure to tell them when they could check you out on Sports Radio 16, especially with the Houston Astros and the World Series. Yeah, so I'm on Sports Radio 16 every Thursday at 11 a.m. within the loop, so y'all make sure y'all check us out. Also do the B-Block podcast every week. Also at Sports Radio 610, though, you mentioned the, the World Series. Landry Locker and I from In The Loop, we're both doing a post-game show digital. It's on YouTube, on all Sports Radio 16s, the YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. So if you're on any one of those three things, Check it you out. can find just, just source, uh, search for Sports Radio 16. That's been a lot of fun. And we got some other stuff uh, coming down the way. I'm not sure if I can announce it yet, but make sure that y'all are following me at Brandon K. Scott for any new developments with your boy. Hmm. I gotta say this really quick, man. I need I need another Bebop podcast uh, 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 guest appearance. And this time, it's gonna get a little real in there, man. Just leave it at that. We're gonna we're gonna have to talk some music, have to talk some culture, and then I guess eventually we'll talk about some some Texans or you know NFL sports. But you know, as always, thank you guys for checking us out today. 
Locked On Texan podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Also, use those same two thumbs. Go on over to YouTube. Type that in as well. Like, comment, and subscribe. More importantly, on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace and go Astros.